In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation and as always, it's great to be with all of you. Great to be with all of you today on this Sunday, the day of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So as always, we like to start off with inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many beautiful titles, among which would be Mary is the Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Mary is the mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, start off this week by inviting Mary to be with us, asking for her protection, her inspiration, <coughs> and her presence, so that like Mary, we would glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So together, let's pray. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So now, my friends, let's... Uh, Let's invite our spiritual director to be with you. Let's invite our spiritual director to be with you. And this spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is... The Holy Spirit is... The paraclete. The Holy Spirit is the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is our consoler. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our consoler. In St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, the Holy Spirit is our interior master, 
the great apostle to the Gentiles, St. Paul, says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit in, intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. So we can say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, and a lot of joy. As you pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Lords, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, Pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Well, guys, angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, my friends, uh, wish you all a very joyful, peaceful, and happy Sunday. The church teaches us that the kernel of the week, the heart of the week, is Sunday. For that reason, we say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's like a mini Easter, if you like. We celebrate the Lord's Resurrection every Sunday. John Paul II, in one of his documents, the name of it is Dia Domine, says that Sunday should be the 
Lord's Day, and it should always it also be Family Day. So I'd like to start off by placing my intentions on the altar for all of you. The Mass that I'll be celebrating today, I will pray for all of you. And there's no greater prayer in the whole world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That's right. There's no greater prayer in the world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Mass is the prayer par excellence, the greatest of all prayers. So I'd like to place you on the altar. And pray first that we would try to be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That we would pray often this prayer. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Through the heart of Mary. I repeat, come Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention will be I'd like to pray for your families, your children, your loved ones, that all will recognize that true happiness can come only from our relationship with God. God is the ultimate source of true happiness. As St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord, I say, rejoice in the Lord. My third intention will be, I'd like to pray in a special way for those who are dying today. Those who are dying today. Especially those who are dying today who are perhaps not in the state of grace. Let's pray for their salvation. So my friends, there we have it. There we have it, my friends. And today, as always, being Sunday, the church offers us the church offers us a wonderful spiritual banquet. Jesus responded to the devil that man does not live on bread alone. But on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. We'll also pray for Mary Lou Hernandez. Julie asked us to pray for her because she's 103 years of age. And she might be in her last days. So we'll, we'll place... Uh, her name is Mary Lou Hernandez. We'll pray for her. And I'll place her on the altar when I celebrate my 
Mass today. I'd like to uh, ask you for, I'd like to ask one more intention, and it's the following. Most of you know that one of my principal apostolic works is over the past well, many years I've been given the exercises almost ever since I was a, ordained a priest. But here, <coughs> the last 18 years, I've been offering a 10-week spiritual exercises program. And we just started last Sunday and Monday. So I invite all of you to offer a special prayer for those who have started off the spiritual exercises 10-week program, which will take us all the way up to Easter. I'd like to ask you to pray, especially for the newcomers. There's a lot of people that are doing the exercises the first time. And this is the, this is the challenge. Today I'll be introducing them to the second week and I'll be talking about the major obstacle in their spiritual life. And I'll be going through uh, some of the rules for discernment. And the problem is this. It's a universal problem. When we find ourselves in desolation, in desolation, basically we feel, we feel sad. We feel, we feel sad. We feel depressed. Things are not going the way we'd like them to go. There's a real tendency because that's when the devil will tempt us to give up our good proposals, especially that of prayer. So the new people they are just starting out, they may encounter some snag or obstacle in their holy hour then the devil can tempt them into believing the following. Well, I'm not ready for it. Well, I'll do it a little bit later. Well, I think I'm wasting my time. Well, I'm kind of feeling tired. Well, my husband says I'm a religious nut or fanatic. Well, I'm still giving in to impatience. These are many, many temptations that come from the devil. And the devil has many vices. But there's one thing the devil does not have is that the devil The devil is not lazy. The devil works 25 hours a day. The devil works eight days a week. The devil works 366 days a year. 
The devil never goes on vacation. He works day and night. So those who are going through desolation, the devil can easily attack us. All right, so I'd like to jump now into the readings for today. Today we have reading from Sirach chapter 15. Psalm 119, blessed they who follow the law of the Lord. Then we have a reading from St. Paul to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 10. In which St. Paul speaks about human wisdom and divine wisdom. Then, my friends, the past couple weeks, we've entered into the Gospel of St. Matthew, and we're going through what is called the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Jonathan Rumi in Chosen gave an episode on the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount would be one of the longest extended preachings we have of Jesus in all the Gospels. And it can be found in St. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Whereas in Luke, it starts in Luke chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We have the Sermon on the Mount. And if you remember, two weeks ago we had Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 12, in which we had the Beatitudes. The eight Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for holiness. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who weep. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are persecuted. In each of these, there's a, there's, a, there's a promise. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they will inherit the earth. Rejoice and be glad. For yours is the kingdom. Then last week, following up on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus calls us by means of a simile, simile we're called to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, and we're called to be a hill, a, a, um, a city on a hilltop, bright and gleaming. So let's. Uh, what I'd like to do for you today is I'd like to just take. I'd like to take an idea from the. Three readings and an idea from the Responsorial Psalm. I'd like to give you just a, a little taste of these readings. And let's pray that we would go deeper and deeper into the infinite ocean of God's Word. You know, St. John of the Cross, St. John of the Cross, uh, whose feast day was celebrated December 14th, is known as the mystical doctor of the church. St. John of the Cross 
says that Jesus is like a gold mine. And he says, the deeper you go into the gold mine, the more you're going to find these pockets of gold. And the deeper you go, the more abundant will be the gold nuggets. And I think that that's a beautiful image of our meditation on the Word of God, is that we can go deeper and deeper into the riches of God's Word. And we should ask Mary to help us. Yesterday we celebrated the feast day of Our Lady of Lourdes, who said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Twice in the Gospel we see Mary pondering the Word of God in her heart. In, um, in Luke chapter 2, at the birth of Jesus, when the shepherds come, it says, Mary, for her part, she pondered the Word of God in her heart. From Greek, it would be to, to ruminate, basically what the, what the cow does with his cud. He chews and chews and masticates and even pulverizes the food that he's chewing on. And then we have, when Jesus is lost and found in the temple, it says, Mary, for her part, she meditated upon this in her heart. So let's ask Mary to help us to plumb the depths of God's word. Okay, the first reading from Syrac can be a a moral two standards in which we are called to choose between life and death, between good and evil. We're called to choose between life and death, between good and evil. I'd like to highlight one point. And it's this. One of the greatest gifts that God has given to the human person, man and woman, is that God has given us freedom. We call it free will. Now, freedom or free will is, in a certain sense, it's, it's somewhat risky. <clears throat> you know, God did not create us as a robot or as a machine or a mechanical device. We don't believe in fatalism or predetermination, but we believe in freedom. God has foreknowledge that's true, but we're not fatalistic in the sense that we don't have any freedom. Quite the contrary, we have free, we have free will. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, in his principle and foundation, teaches us that we are called to praise God, to reverence God, to worship God, to serve God, and by means of that to save our souls, then, following that, it's called the law of tantum quantum, we are called to use all created reality as a means by which we can praise our Creator and sanctify our own souls. We're called to use, and we're called not to abuse. That's right. We're called to use 
and we're called not to abuse. And that's kind of a summary of the reading today. One last idea. So the eyes of God are on those who fear him. Brother Lawrence has written this simple classical work. And the name of the work is Living in the Presence of God. Let us try today, my friends, to live in the presence of God. Wherever we are, God is present there. As the psalmist says, if I go to the heights of the mountain, you are present, God. If I plumb the depths of the sea, you are present, God. Even in the darkest moments of light, you see us as if the sun were or beaming upon us at midday. This is a key element in our spiritual life, to try to be aware of the presence of God. St. Paul quotes the Greek poet in the Acts of Apostles, and he says, In him we live and move and have our being. For that reason, it's a good idea. You notice in my studio, I've got the... Our Lady Guadalupe, we've got the Sacred Heart, we've got St. Joseph, we've got Fatima, we've got St. Margaret Mary Cook. It's good to have holy reminders. That's right, it's good to have holy reminders that lift up our, our mind to God Himself. Holy reminders. And Anna has asked me this question. Is it too late to sign up for this class? No, Anna, if you like. There's Mass at 12. Then right away at 1.30, we have the spiritual exercises in the old church building. So those who like to come, they can come a week late. You're welcome. So the first reading is from Syrac. And I'd like to just highlight those two points. We have to try to use our freedom as a means by which we can praise God and save our souls. And we should try to live in God's presence. St. Teresa of Avila will go on to point out that we commit, we sin because we forget about God's presence. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 119. And the antiphon is, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. I'd like to comment on that. How do we know? How do we know that we love God? What is the acid, acid test? What is the acid test that we know that we love God? Well, it doesn't depend upon feelings or emotions. But rather, we show that we love God by following His law and obeying the commandments. 
Jesus will go on to say, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my heavenly Father. Not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my heavenly Father. Jesus will also say, Jesus will also say, if you love me, if you love me, Jesus says, then keep my commandments. So let's move into the reading of the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. What we have in this reading is wisdom. St. Paul talks about wisdom. He mentions that word several times in this short reading, Wisdom. So I'd like to talk a little bit about what is this idea of wisdom. There's actually a book of wisdom in the, uh, the Old Testament. Once you are baptized, infused in your soul are these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Once you're confirmed, these seven gifts are, are fortified. Are fortified. So of these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are the following. And it's not a bad idea if you can memorize the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and get to know them better and better. Because our sanctification depends upon our union with the Holy Spirit and being docile to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Docility to the operation of the Holy Spirit and His gifts in our souls is key to holiness. So these are the gifts. Seven gifts. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding, counsel, fortitude, piety, fear of the Lord. So I'd like to repeat those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then St. Paul speaks about wisdom. I'll talk briefly about wisdom. Wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, counsel, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. Those are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding perfects our intellect. 
Counsel connects the intellect to the will. And fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord perfect our will. Our will. Now, of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, he says, wisdom is the greatest of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And wisdom actually perfects the theological virtue of charity. A definition of wisdom would be, I love to say it in Spanish, it's just very poetic in Spanish, so I'll say it in Spanish because some of you are bilingual, then I'll translate it into English. Wisdom is saborear. Saborear las cosas divinas. Or saborear las cosas de Dios. So in English, we translate, wisdom is the gift of the Holy Spirit, in which we relish the things of God. We relish the things of God. And you people have wisdom. I know you do. A concrete manifestation of wisdom would be you, you really love the Word of God. You like to read the Bible. You want to pray your rosary. You you relish going to Mass and receiving the Eucharist. You like to come to be with us in the Perseverance Conversation. You relish reading the lives of the saints or hearing talks in the lives of the saints. That is a a manifestation of the gift of wisdom in your life. The opposite of wisdom is that of folly or being foolhardy. And one of the best biblical passages is taken from Luke chapter... One of the one of the key biblical passages related to wisdom and the lack of it is the parable of the rich fool. And there you actually have the word fool. The parable of the rich fool. What do we have in this? So what you have here, my friends, is the exact, this is the exact opposite of wisdom. Now and then it's a good idea to see the contrast between one virtue and the opposing vice. 
This parable presents a man who had an abundant harvest. A man who had abundant harvest. And he didn't know what to do with his harvest. He did not know what to do with his harvest. So, he was doing some brainstorming and he came to the conclusion that the best thing for him to do was to tear down his barns and to to build bigger barns. And once he did that, he would store up his grain, his harvest, in his barns. And then he said to himself, my friend, you have a long life to live. Eat, drink, and be merry. Live it up. Because you get a long life ahead of you. You have a long life ahead of you. Eat, drink, and be merry. Live it up. You have a long life ahead of you. Jesus says of this man, he says, you fool. You fool. This very night you will die, and where will all of these treasures go? Where will all these treasures go? And Jesus says, so it is, so it is with the man who lives only for this world. I'll give you, my friends, a biblical, a good biblical verse that basically summarizes the whole concept of the gift of wisdom. I'll give you two biblical verses. First, Jesus says, What would it profit a man What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? If you were to gain the whole world and lose your soul, it's useless. It's useless. Once you die, you you cannot take your possessions with you. The other biblical verse is Jesus says seek seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given you besides. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given you besides. He who has God has everything. He who does not have God is the poorest person in the world. And then St. Paul says this, and the person that's wise will be all, the, the, the person that's wise He'll make a concerted effort in his life to do all he possibly can. To do all he possibly can to get to heaven. A wise person will do all he possibly can to get to heaven and he'll do all he possibly can to bring as many people to heaven as possible. That's true wisdom. So wisdom is that the most important of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit and is to be savoring, to be savoring, to be relishing the things of God. I can give you a very simple analogy. Do you remember maybe taking your son or daughter to Baskin Robbins the first time? Remember that? You took your little son to Baskin and Robbins and you, you bought him maybe a double scoop of the ice cream flavor that he likes best. Okay, maybe chocolate and and uh, vanilla. And then you're, you're watching your son licking and just relishing that ice cream cone. Maybe he got half of it on his shirt because it started to melt. He was relishing it. So as your little son was relishing for the first time, Baskin Robert Baskin Robbins ice cream cone. So we should be relishing the things of God. That's right. We should be relishing the things of God. All right, my friends. So let's move from Saint Paul's letter to the Corinthians, where we've been commenting upon the gift of wisdom. But one more thing about Corinthians. St. Paul says also this. I has not seen. Ear has not heard. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor has anyone 
known what God has prepared. Eyes not he seen, ears not heard, nor is anyone known what God has prepared for those who love him. What we have in that is the following reflection. This can help us to be truly wise people. A truly wise per person. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the mind of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for him. A wise person thinks about the purpose of his life, the end of his life. The beginning of the world is God. The end of the world is God. God created the world and God will bring the world to a conclusion. Same thing with you. You were brought into the world by the loving hand of God and God will take your life away. But the purpose of your life and my life and all the people in the world, the purpose of our life, my friends, is to get to heaven. purpose of our life is to get to heaven. So a wise person, a truly wise person, a truly wise person will do all he possibly can to get to heaven. And a truly wise person will do all he possibly can not only to get to heaven, but to try to bring as many people to heaven as possible. James chapter 5 is encouraging. The last part of James chapter 5 says, if it happens that there's a wandering soul that has wandered from the truth, whoever brings that person back saves his soul saves his soul and he expiates a multitude of sins. So if you want to secure your salvation, bring bring someone back to Christ. It even says and that will expiate a multitude of sins, which means less time in purgatory. Less time in purgatory. All right, my friends. Now we enter into the gospel. We're in the gospel. It's a long gospel today. Still Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 37, 20 verses. And what Jesus is doing, he's perfecting He's perfecting the prophets and the teachings of the Old Testament. So the first part, Jesus, I'll summarize the meaning behind it. He's speaking about the importance of prophets and preachers and teachers, and professors. 
whose role a teacher, a preacher, a professor, an evangelist, a catechist, the role is to is to communicate the truth. Not only communicate the truth, but also communicate the truth with love so that those who are listening will know the truth and love the truth. And the truth will set them free. So we should pray. Pray for teachers. We should pray for the Holy Father. We should pray for bishops. We should pray for priests. We should pray for deacons. We should pray for catechists. We should even pray pray for you parents. You many of you are mothers and fathers. Because the the, the principal or key teachers of the faith. Who are the key teachers or preachers of the faith? That would be you, mothers and fathers. So part of our, our meetings is to try to form you catechetically so that you can you, you can communicate the truth to the whole world, but starting with your own families. Then Jesus goes on to explain some of the commandments. But Jesus is going to go deeper and deeper into a more profound interpretation of the commandments. Basically, Jesus will comment upon the several commandments. Not all, but several commandments. Jesus will speak about the commandment, Thou shalt not kill. Then Jesus will comment upon, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Then Jesus will comment upon, You shall not bear false witness. So Jesus today is going to be going through, Thou shalt not kill, which is the fifth commandment, Then he'll go through, Thou shalt not commit adultery, which is the sixth commandment. Then Jesus will go through and explain, Thou shalt not take false witness or false oath. So this would be the eighth commandment. So Jesus is going to be going through these commandments, but he's going to be going through these commandments in greater and greater detail. 
So when he speaks about thou shalt not kill, what Jesus is really saying, my friends, is we should have great respect. We should have great respect. Great respect. For our bodies, as well as the bodies of others. Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. We have great dignity and a great destiny. Then when Jesus says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, He's going beyond the mere physical act. But also we should have, we should pray not only for purity of body, but also purity of our eyes, purity of our mind, purity of our affections, purity of our intentions. So, going even beyond the mere physical act, Jesus is really challenging us to purify our whole being. Then when Jesus goes on to say, Thou shalt not kill, it's not simply Murdering someone, that's obvious. But I would go so far to say this, because Jesus is speaking also about hurting by the way we speak. Not to call someone a fool or a raka. So as we get close to Lent, we get close to Lent, which is only about 10 days away, we can start to formulate proposals. And one proposal we can make could be our speech. I've already mentioned the letter of St. James. You might even read James, might even read St. James, chapter 3. St. James, chapter 3, says this. This could be a good proposal for us. We should be slow to speak. We should be quick to listen. Great advice. I repeat. We should be slow to speak. but we should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and quick to listen. Great advice. So what I'd like to do, my friends, is I want to pray for all of you, and you pray for me. I want to pray for all of you, and you pray for me. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar today.
that this day, Sunday, the day of the Lord, will indeed be a day of great peace and joy for all of you. A day of great peace and joy for all of you. Make sure you go to Mass and receive communion with great love and devotion. And I'd like to give you my priestly blessing. You pray for me and I will pray for you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. May God bless you with peace and joy and long life and eternal life. Amen.